One morning I walked into a church, but it wasn't on a Sunday. I looked around and I saw the empty seats, the sun glistening through the dust in the air. At first I was distraught at the sight of the empty chairs, but then I was filled with joy. I realized that the people who were once in those chairs were now outside of the building, working at their jobs, serving in their communities, laughing with their co-workers and growing with their families. They had the opportunity to be the church, not just sit in it. When will we be like them? When will we see the opportunity given to us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, bringing hope into the world? Stained glass can't pray for the sick. These walls can't preach the gospel, but you can. The building you're sitting in is just a building. But if you trust in Jesus, then you are the church. Pray and go begins today. Pray and go begins this week for every Christian who's part of this church. Uh, if we can get 100% participation, it'll have that much more effect. If we get 10% participation, it will still have a powerful influence in our community. Some of you have begun getting very excited about Pray and Go, so excited that you wanted to start praying last week. I said, no, just hold on, you know, just give it another week. We'll start all together. So don't uh, go running out and do something crazy this week. And a couple other people, however, have confessed to me that they're kind of nervous about this new initiative, you know, to go out into your neighborhood, pray for your neighbors, people street by street, household by household, and then put a little door hanger on their door to say, we prayed for you today. And if there's anything special going on we could pray more for, please let us know. Email us back. Let us know that we have other things we can be praying for because we care about you. We love you. Uh, I can admit I'm a little bit nervous about this as well. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where things are going to go exactly and how things are going to turn out. We're just trusting God for this. So we're asking everyone here today uh, to take with them enough door hangers to cover their street. Now, they may have eight people in your block, maybe 15 or so. Don't take more than 15 or 20 of these things with you today and uh, kind of try this out. See what it's like for us to go out and to pray into our community for every household. And we want you to have a prayer partner. Don't go by yourself. Go with someone else. Pray together. Drop off the door hangers together, house by house. I'm going to share some more details with you at the end of the message, so don't worry about maybe the nuts and bolts of this, you know, and exactly how this looks. Uh, we'll do that before we go today, but let's get into the message. Every great movement of God, we said, begins with prayer and is covered in prayer. And so we all need to pray a lot more than maybe we've been used to praying. Uh, maybe for the ministry of this congregation. Maybe that's not even on your radar very much. Maybe you don't pray very much for each other or for this church and what we're trying to do in this community and in the world. Uh, far too often we've depended on ourselves 
and not tried many new ventures for God that required a lot of faith. But you see, our God is bigger than that. Our God has a relentless, unquenchable love for the people of this community, people we don't know, people that we've never met. And God's love extends to everyone in this area, even those who are as far away from him as possible, people who don't, don't even think about God ever, who, who never utter the name of Jesus unless they're swearing, and, and people that, that have no relationship with him, but God loves them, and he hasn't given up on them. God hasn't stopped trying to touch everyone's heart in some way so that they will know that he loves them. And he wants them to know they can still come home to him before it's too late. Pray and Go is a beginning effort, uh, an initiative, a, a venture to get us all out into the streets and neighborhoods of this area so that people will know that God and God's people love them, care about them. We want to let them know that whatever's going on in their lives, there's someone else that really is caring about that. And, and we will pray for them. We will do whatever we can to help them if they will allow us to get involved in their lives. And so for a couple of weeks, we've been asking you to pray for ourselves, first of all. Pray that God would so fill our hearts with his love that it's going to overflow into the hearts and lives of the people who don't know him yet. God has chosen to share the good news of Jesus with, with the world through imperfect people like us. Now that, that to me is like, why would you do that, God? Why would you entrust such a big thing to people like us, because we fail you, we mess up too many times. And yet this is his plan. This is the plan he's chosen, to share his love from one human being to another, one person at a time. Uh, you know, we could bro broadcast it, we could put it out there through millions of dollars of advertising, but God's way is that one by one, we would touch another human life with his love. So we have prayed for ourselves first, that we would be willing to go, willing to be used of God, however he sees fit. Then we've asked to be praying for the lost of our community, people that, that we don't know by name, we don't know their circumstances, we don't know what's going on in their lives or, or why they never have come to faith in Jesus Christ, but we are determined to find out if they will let us. We don't know the choices they have made up to this moment in their lives, the things that have maybe separated them from God, you know, and, and so now there's this, this gulf between them and God. There's, there's no way for them to get back to God unless somebody tells them that Jesus has become that bridge and he can bring them back to God when they put their trust in him. As we pray and go, we are simply praying for an opportunity to get to know them, at least a few of them that we are going to pray for. And we will pray that God will so move in everyone's lives that many of them will come to faith and be saved. Three weeks ago, we asked, why should we pray? And we said that we pray to know and do God's will on earth. It's not about us trying to get God to do our will. We don't pray, so God, do what I want. This is an effort for us to learn what God wants. Prayer is all about God, not about us. And then we also asked, where and when should we pray? We should pray constantly in order to stay close to God, to stay in sync with God. Our lives should be like an ongoing conversation with God. 
But we should also, we said, have special times of prayer, focused prayer, like pray and go, when our prayers are, are laser focused on the needs of lost people in our area so that they could be saved. For those who don't know as much about prayer as maybe they'd like to, we shared a very simple prayer pattern uh, for using the word pray as kind of an acrostic, P-R-A-Y. P is for praise. And start with praise for God. Thank Him for His goodness. R is for repent. Look inside your heart. And confess your sins to God so that there's nothing that's, that's distracting you, nothing that, that is keeping you away from God's perfect will in your life. And then ask God uh, for whatever request may be on your heart. Could be personal things, could be things for other people. Certainly we'd be asking here for the lost to be found. And then finally, why is for yield? That we would submit ourselves totally to God's will in our lives. Last Sunday, um, the third message of that series, we looked at the results that we can expect of our prayers. Let me remind you of just two of the things that we talked about, the two most important things, I think. First of all, that when we consistently pray for those uh, lost people of our community, we find our hearts are being changed toward them. We find that, that when we pray for somebody, then it changes our attitude. It changes our, our uh, uh, desire to know them and to serve them and to help them to come know Christ. And then secondly, a great result of this is that praying people often have bigger results than non-praying people. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, you pray and God moves. And you pray and things happen. But when you don't pray, you wonder why nothing is happening. Jesus commissioned all of his followers to go and to make disciples in all the nations, beginning where they lived and then branching out to the whole world. If every church does that, if every body of believers is doing that, then we're covering those bases where they are, but also moving out into areas where there are no churches, where there are no Christians so the gospel of Christ goes throughout the world. Jesus told his disciples to pray for God's power and then to go out into the world with the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And this is not an easy task. This is not a comfortable task. It would be easier just to ignore this and go about our lives, do what we want to do. But God has commanded us to show his great love to the people of this world every way we can. And so we have to maybe come to a point of sacrifice, you know, giving up some things. Praying and going demand sacrifices of our time and our energy and sometimes even greater sacrifices. And our love for God and our love for people of this world demands that we sacrifice some of the things we would rather do. Some of the things that would be easier for us to do so that we can pray and go as part of God's mission to save the world. Jesus never asked for anything that he wasn't able and willing to do himself. Jesus practiced what he preached. And Jesus set the example for pray and go. We want to talk about that today. Jesus prayed for all of us on the night that he was betrayed, and then he went. He went out to show great love for all of mankind. If you have a Bible, turn to Mark chapter 14 with me this morning. Mark chapter 14. If you pick up one of the Bibles in the seat in front of you, it's page 827. 827. 
And we know that the Passover meal uh, was celebrated a night early by Jesus and his disciples. He wanted to have this one last meal with them, this one last time to, to say some very powerful things to him and to, to uh, kind of get things prepared for the future. And after that meal, Jesus led his disciples out of the city of Jerusalem into the Garden of Gethsemane. It was there that Judas came sometime later to betray him. And Jesus knew that in these moments, just in the next hour or so, he was going to make the greatest sacrifice anyone has ever made. And yet it seems his disciples were clueless, weren't they? They, just, they didn't get it. They didn't understand. They didn't know such a sacrifice was going to be made on their behalf and for whatever else. And, and Jesus had said this several times, but somehow it just kind of blew by them over and over again. Three times in this garden, his closest friends fell asleep just when he needed their support and encouragement the most. A few hours earlier, Jesus had gathered with them to celebrate the Jewish Passover. This festival celebrates the time when God had delivered the Israelites from bondage in Egypt, when they had put the blood, you know, of the Passover lambs on the doorposts and lintels. And, and, and so the death angel just passed over them. They were spared. And this last plague caused Pharaoh to say, okay, enough is enough. Just leave. Get out of here. And so they were released. After the meal, Jesus led his disciples out to the east side of the city, east side of Jerusalem. They crossed over the brook Kidron. They entered into the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives, kind of overlooking the city there. And while the rest of Jerusalem was kind of gathering together in families from all across Israel to celebrate the Passover, we find Jesus alone in the garden. Now, I know that there were 11 of the 12 disciples there with him. I, I'm not, you know, un, unaware of that. But virtually, he was alone, even though they were there. As they entered the garden, Jesus hoped that he would have the support of his closest friends, but he did not. They kept falling asleep. In Mark 14, starting with verse 32, it says, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and he prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Often we've read about Jesus' prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane to remind ourselves of his obedience, his submission 
to God the Father when he said, nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want. Let your will be done. But this time, I want us to look at it from a little bit different angle. I want us to think about the disciples and how they literally abandoned Jesus at the greatest hour of need. Jesus knew that he was about to be arrested and falsely condemned and convicted and crucified on a Roman cross. He knew that he would soon drink the cup of God's wrath upon sin and that he would be separated from his father for the first time ever. He asked his disciples to simply pray with him. But they kept falling asleep. They kept falling asleep. Now, have you ever had trouble falling asleep? <laughs> as some of us, as we're getting older, discover it becomes even easier to fall asleep all the time, right? You can be in the middle of whatever. You could be talking and fall asleep, right? Sleep is so, so easy. You ever fallen asleep in church? Go ahead, confess it. You ever fallen asleep in church? Yeah, yeah, some of us have, maybe many of us, maybe all of us have at one time or another, even during a sermon, really? Can you imagine that somebody would fall asleep during a sermon? <laughs> yeah, I can. Um, I heard about a lady that was embarrassed by her husband's behavior one Sunday. She told the pastor she was leaving the building. She says, I hope you didn't take it personally, Reverend, when my husband walked out during your sermon. And he said, well, I, yeah, I noticed it. I, was, I found that rather disconcerting. She said, oh, oh, it's no reflection on you, Pastor. She says, Arnold has been walking in his sleep ever since he was a child. <laughs> Many of the people of the Bible have fallen asleep at odd moments, haven't they? If you think about it, Abraham fell asleep while God was talking to him, Genesis 15, you know, God's wanting to show him something, and he goes into a deep sleep. Well, actually, he sees a vision during that, so it's okay. And Daniel slept peacefully in the lion's den while King Darius was up wringing his hands like, you know, is this guy going to be okay? Is he going to survive the night? He had a sleepless night, but not Daniel. Daniel's sleeping down there with the lions. And Peter slept soundly the night before he fully expected that he could be executed by King Herod. He'd already killed James. And now he's got Peter in prison. He's planning to you know, do the same thing. And Peter went to sleep. And Paul preached so long in Ephesus. And this is my, my model, you know, why I could preach a long time. He preached so long in Ephesus that a young man named Eutychus fell out the window that he was sleeping in. And he just fell out this third-story window, was, was killed. And thankfully, Paul was able to bring him back to life. You can read about that in Acts chapter 20. And then the ten virgins in Jesus' parable, all of them fell asleep while they were waiting for the bridegroom to come. Fortunately, five of them were prepared with extra oil when that happened. Uh, but so different people have fallen asleep in the Bible. And this morning, I want us to think about falling asleep spiritually, especially when it's a moment, it's a time when Jesus needs our full attention and support just like he did in the garden. Jesus is trying to save the lost people of our city, of our area, and in fact, the whole world. Does he have our support? Or have we fallen asleep? Jesus said to his disciples, watch and pray. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So you got to do something about this. you got to stay awake. And the question is, are we awake or asleep while the salvation of the world depends on our witness for Jesus Christ? 
you can answer for yourself. In the garden, Jesus' humanity was tempted to the breaking point, even unto death, he said. In the garden, Jesus was distressed and troubled in his very soul as he thought about drinking the cup of God's wrath. In the garden, in that moment, he was depending on his closest friends to be there with him. But they abandoned him. They fell asleep. This was what we might say is the most critical hour of Jesus' life. The salvation of all mankind is hanging in the balance. And in this most distressing hour, Jesus turned to his disciples for help and support. And what did they do? They promptly fell asleep. Could we be guilty of the same thing? That in a moment when this world is going to hell in a handbasket, we in the church are sitting here asleep, unmoved, uncaring. As they entered the Garden of Gethsemane that night, Jesus' only two instructions to his disciples were simply these, watch and pray. But the disciples didn't watch and they didn't pray. And I'm sure they regretted that the rest of their lives. Watch and pray is the demand of such an hour as this hour. Watch and pray is the urgent demand for everyone who knows about God's coming judgment upon the whole world. We have been commissioned to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we simply must be on task not falling asleep on the job. We all have the opportunity to pray and to go this week to let the people of this community know that God and his people care about them. We all have the opportunity to pray that lost people will be found and repent of their sins and get their hearts right with God through Jesus Christ. Will we seize this opportunity to be part of what Jesus is doing in this community or will we fall asleep? Who among us? We'll watch and pray. Who among us will pray and go? I want to look in depth at the instructions that were given out the last couple Sundays. First of all, let's look at some of the prayer walking do's and don'ts. Do, do walk. <laughs> that's simple. <laughs> Use sidewalks and driveways, don't cut through their yards. Okay, that's really simple, practical stuff. Do use the app. Well, we don't have an app for you. We'll have a place where you can mark what places you've gone to so that we'll know what parts of our city have been covered. Do pray. Your pray will be repeated. You don't have to keep praying new prayers, and it's not going to be a long prayer, but it will be impactful. Simply saying, God, open up doors. Open up hearts so that Christ will become the center, the hub of this home. Amen. Have fun is a do. This is a tremendous opportunity, so enjoy it. Let joy fill your heart. You're being part of what God is doing in the community. Don't do certain things. Don't knock on the door. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to pray and then leave a door hanger. Say, we prayed for you today. If you want to do something else with that, that's, that's your business. But we're not going to be invasive. We're not going to you know, get in your face. We're just going to pray for you. If you want us to pray for something else, let us know. Don't talk. You might meet somebody on the street and be okay to talk with them, but don't engage in a long conversation. You're there to pray. You're there to have an impact through prayer. Uh, don't be rude to somebody. So, you know, if you meet somebody, spend a little time talking with them. 
Try to hand them a door hanger, you know, and let them know we could pray for them also if they will accept it. Don't go alone. Go in prayers. This is not something for you to go out and do by yourself in your neighborhood, even if you know everybody on the street. Take a prayer partner with you. Pray together. Hang the door hangers together. Don't go near kids or pets. You know, we're not trying to make somebody nervous, you know, what are they doing hanging around my kids? What are they doing? You know, and then they got my dog all excited. You know, just place the door hanger if you can, but if you can't, don't worry about it. Move on to the next house. Don't stop in front of a house and pray so that they wonder, what is the, the, the guy doing? You know, what are those people doing out in front of my house? Pray, drop off the day, door hanger, and move to the next thing. Very, very simple things. What do you pray? They gave us two things. They gave us an outline, first of all. Praise God for the opportunity to do this. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Pray for the health, safety, protection of the people who live in this house. Pray for peace in the home, for healthy, God-centered relationships. You know, everybody's struggling uh, in, in communities where people are lost, people don't know Christ. There's a lot of different needs going on in there. Pray simply that God would bring healing and help to them. Ask for opportunities to share Jesus with them sometime in the future. And appeal to God's will for the people of this home. You can pray confident. Remember, we can pray. Everything we ask for can be given when we pray according to his will. And this is his will that everyone would come to know Jesus. And then even a sample prayer is offered up there for us to, to see that if you're wondering how to word this, what to say, here's some ideas for you. We're not trying to uh, force, you know, to memorize or say it a certain way, but to just have ideas as you do that. We also have a, a door hanger that we want everyone to take copies with today. The one side of it just simply says we prayed for you, has information at the bottom about our church. And on the back side, you actually sign just your first name there, not, not your full name. Don't give them your, your, your own mailing address or, or your phone number or anything like that. Just say, we prayed for you today. And you put your names, John and Jane. Here's the date that we prayed for you. And then it says, please let us know if you have a special need that we can pray for. And email us at praynewhope at gmail.com. And then we'll have people that will follow up with that. And maybe further conversations can happen. Maybe relationships can happen. That is what we're praying for as we go. Uh, next week when you come back, right near the back doors here, there will be a map on the wall of the whole area. And uh, most of you live within this area, the Manassas surrounding uh, parts. And you can come back and say, you know, I prayed for this street. And you'll mark a little line there on that street. I prayed for the houses on this street, from this street to this street. This is what I covered. And we'll start seeing where the prayers happen around our town, where we have lived. And then we're going to strategize how to move beyond that into other neighborhoods, into other places where we don't have anybody living right now, that we haven't prayed for them yet. We'll have that opportunity. If you live outside the map, we'll have a sheet there and say, I also prayed where I live because I live in Centerville or I live in Gainesville. And this is what I prayed for. And you'll be able to, to note that for us as well. Whether we have an impact ourselves as a church in someone's life in the future or someone else that God has, uh, has that impact doesn't really matter. This is a kingdom effort. And we want to, to do whatever we can to touch people's lives with God's love. Please come prepared uh, next week if you want to share some stories of things that have happened. Maybe uh, things you felt, things you've experienced. 
maybe a short conversation that you might have had, or we'll share some reactions we've had of people who have emailed back to us. You know, uh, in our family, we really have this, this terrible thing going on. Would you pray about that? And we'll share some of those stories next week. Whatever may happen, but let's open our hearts to God and let's ask God uh, to touch the lives of people of our community that we don't know yet, people that we don't understand uh, maybe what's going on. But through compassion and through grace, we reach out to them in God's love. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for loving us so much that you left heaven to come to earth, that you came not only to come to earth and, and uh, maybe speak some words from a throne somewhere like an edict, but you came to serve. You came to sacrifice yourself, to give your very life so that we could give back to God. Uh, we know, Lord, there's tremendous, tremendous cost to what you have done, to the love that you have for us. We pray that we will understand that. We will be so filled with the love you first showed us that it would overflow into the lives of people we don't know yet. We pray that you would be opening hearts, our hearts first, and then the hearts of every person in this community who needs to know Jesus. We pray that as we make these contacts this week in prayer, uh, that it will lead to further conversations and to lives being changed by your power. We pray that you would bless us as we go, that we would have your courage and your compassion, and that we would... Uh, have uh, peace as we go to pray and to place these door hangers door by door, house by house. We ask for your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glad to have you here today.